Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. And an interception, and you're not down by 10 anymore. Andre Howe, his second interception. To get you the information that you need is when you start your own business and do your own thing. And I felt like it gave me a good perspective. I was not the first person to go through what I went through. Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Pope, a.k.a. The Pod Disciple. I'm Cole Andre Howe. Man, Dre, I'm excited. We got another opportunity, man, to speak with an individual that has uh, quite the life experience uh, when you talk about sports. So um, we're excited to have him on. Uh, a native of uh, Madison, Mississippi, a two-time All-State Honors at Holmes Community College, two-time All-American, two-time Southland Conference Defensive Player of the Year, 2010, fifth-round draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars, current University of Houston coach, and author of the Recruits Playbook. With no further ado, I want to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Larry Hart. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, man. Uh, thank you so much for having me on today, guys. I, I really appreciate it. That was a quite an introduction, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> thank you, man. Thank you. Man, I mean, that, that, those are your accomplishments, man. So we just want to, you know, I'm just reading off what you've been able to accomplish. But, uh, Larry, thank you for joining us. Our podcast, What's the Hype Podcast, just a podcast where we like to talk with individuals who have experienced the highs of this industry um, and been able to navigate uh, their process so that they can share with younger individuals, you know, some of the highs and the lows, right? Some of the things you've experienced along the way. So um, sure. we love to talk to individuals just to hear their story their triumphs, their challenges. So um, that's what we, you know, that's what our podcast is all about. So we just want to bring you on. You got quite the story. So we just so excited to bring you on and kind of hear more about that. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, so just a little bit about me, my background. I grew up in Madison, Mississippi. Um, had both of my parents at home. So fortunate to have both of them. But just, you know, sometimes when you grow up in the country, there's not a lot of information, right? And the education system there in Mississippi isn't always the best. I mean, I think everybody knows that. So I struggled coming out of high school just academically. Uh, didn't qualify to play, so I had to go to junior college. And actually, coming out of junior college, I, I only had one scholarship offer. And that was a, a half scholarship to Holmes Community College. And not a lot of people know this, and I put this in the book, but um, I almost didn't play football coming out, of, coming out of high school. So I decided to keep pursuing it. My brother encouraged me to do it. So went to Holmes Community College and had a successful career there. Went to Central Arkansas and then from there got drafted into the NFL. So, yeah, it, um, there's a lot of adversity, man, uh, coming up, but uh, just just kept pushing. Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to just start from the beginning, right? As you mentioned, you're from uh, Madison, uh, Mississippi. Can you, uh, you mentioned it's the country. Can you tell us just a little bit about what your how was your experience kind of growing up there? What was that like? Um, it's you know, it's not a lot of diversity, right? Either just being honest, it's, it's going to be white and black, so it's not a lot of diversity. I mean, you may see a couple of Asians or Hispanics, but it's just uh, growing up in the country. It's it's uh, people that are very uh, straight laced. They do things a certain way. And uh, just being honest, you can be a little bit judgmental when you when you kind of grow up in the country. Right. So um, 
the experience for me was a small mindedness and just not getting out of it's a bubble that you're kind of around there in the country. People kind of get set in their ways. Uh, but overall, man, the big thing that I learned that I appreciate the way that I grew up with is it's good people uh, that teach you to be a good hearted person, to treat people with respect. Um, so overall, I think the life lessons that I learned there was very uh, influential to me. When, when, when did you start playing football? And well, when you start playing sports, what sports you played and uh, who inspired you early on? Man, I tell you what, uh, I kind of stumbled into playing football, to be real with you. And um, in sixth grade, uh, you know, they have these uh, classes that you can kind of sign up for. So I'm signing up and all my friends are in there and it's kind of like a little activity class. And then once you get to seventh grade, um, I noticed everybody was kind of getting in this one class. I'm like, man, what's this class all my friends going to? I said, well, let me join this deal. And um, it was, I can't even remember what the class was called, like varsity sports or something. I can't remember what it was called. And so I get into this class with all my friends were, were at and, you know, everybody was playing football. So I was like, well, uh, let me, let me, I guess I'm gonna play football too. And actually the first time I put on pads, I was like, you know what, man, I got really nervous. And I even practiced <laughs> the first day we put pads on, man. I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And so really it's just kind of something I stumbled into because everybody else was doing it. And I mean, I just, I started in seventh grade and, and, and didn't stop at that point. All right. So can you tell me a little bit about um, your, your, your high school? So once you went to high school, can you tell me a little bit about you know, just your experience in high school, the team success and your overall individual success, just, you know, playing sports in high school. Um, so in high school, I went to a really good high school in Mississippi, and I think that was uh, fortunate for me, too. Um, it's one of the better schools there. Um, it, we, we had uh, my 10th grade year. We had uh, we were kind of average six and five. And then my 11th and 12th grade year, we made the playoffs and we had a good run there. So we won like. I want to say 10 games my 11th grade year and 10 games my, my senior year. Uh, made it to the second round of playoffs. And so we had a pretty successful career. And I also was a power lifter there in high school, too. And um, my 11th grade year, we won the state championship in power lifting. And then my 12th grade year, we came in second place. And so my high school experience uh, was, was good overall. Uh, had a lot of good friends, good people. Um, so it was the, the high school experience was positive for me. Talk to us, talk to us about the uh, why, why you decided to go to junior college route and why you in uh, in your experience there. Going the junior college route, and I'm glad I went that route. Uh, and again, academically, um, just you know, I didn't even know what it take to, took to qualify mm -hmm. to to go Division One, and nobody ever told me. Nobody ever told me about 48 A's form or clearinghouse and uh, GPA. And all that good stuff, or your actually your core GPA. Nobody ever told me about that coming out of high school. So, um, and again, coming up, you know, I was six foot, uh, two hundred and forty pounds coming out of high school. So, not a lot of teams wanted to take a chance on the undersized guy, and uh, with bad academics. So, had to go to the junior college route, and um, and I think that was actually the best place for me, and was a really good experience for me going to the junior college route. Um, you know, I'm gonna tell you, dude. Junior college, it, it really tests to see if you love football or not. Just be because we had two a days um, in, in JC now, and it was four padded practice both days in junior mm -hmm. college. So yeah, man, it was the real deal. You had to get your mind right for that. And I'm gonna tell you, it was hot. Man, 
Wow. I mean, first of all, I, I want to acknowledge that you're saying how you know, you'd be surprised, not you'll be surprised, but just the viewers would be surprised how many high school athletes don't uh, are, are not aware of what it takes to play college at the next level or just just being qualified. Um, I know for me and my own personal experience, I didn't take the the uh, uh, yeah, the ACT until the last time I could as a senior. So not really even processing that hindered my me from you know being able to take advantage of uh, an opportunity to go right into college and play. So I had to walk on um, at, at, H, at HBCU uh, Bethune Cookman University down in Daytona Beach, Florida. So um, so 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 what you said is right on. It's very valid. Um, and I've even heard the stories of junior college opportunities where guys had, man, up to 120, 130 guys on the junior, on, on the junior college team all vying for, you know, those few spots in terms of being able to show their talents and getting the opportunity to go to the next level. So, I mean, it's I mean, it, 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 it had to be, a, you know, a, a tremendous uh, battle or challenge. I mean, I will say I don't I'm not sure exactly how Holmes Community College was, but just for some of the guys that I know, we've had a um, couple of junior college guys on. And they've talked about their experience at the junior college level. No doubt. All right. Yeah, so let so, me ask you this. Now we're talking about your junior college. Talk about that junior college route and just I'm sorry. Talk about your recruiting process and where you decided to go after junior college. So if you want to talk a little bit about your, your obviously your success there as a two time off state, but then just talk about what was that recruiting process um, after that? Um, yeah, so the recruiting process was uh, good for me coming out of junior college. Again, I think that people were reluctant. It's the uh, power five schools or the bigger schools were a little reluctant to, to offer me a scholarship just because of my size. Um, I mean, I'm six, I was six foot. So, um, but every, it felt like every F, FCS school in America offered me a scholarship coming out, coming out of FCS. And, um, you know, really it just came down, I was a relationship guy. So it came down to where I felt most comfortable and where, where coach I felt like I had the best relationship with at the end of the day. Um, I went on uh, official visits to Georgia Southern, Central Arkansas, and um, I think it was one other school. I went uh, southeast Louisiana, went on the official visits there and uh, felt the best about uh, Central Arkansas at the end of the day. Um, I think, you know, Louisville almost offered me a scholarship coming out. And if they were to offer me, I would have went there for sure because I wanted mm -hmm. to play at a little bit bigger level. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I had a good, good, I had a good feeling about uh, the University of Central Arkansas. So I decided to go there. Talk about your individual and team success while you're in Central Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, my junior year, um, I that's where I kind of really, really hit hit my groove, right? And both of you guys have experience playing football. You know, confidence is so key in football, right? And there, I, at the end of the day, I just said, you know what? Um, I'm not going to worry about what anybody else got to say or – uh, I'm not going to worry about nothing, man. I'm just going to go out there on the field, ball out, have a good time, and just lay it all the way on the line. And so um, at Central Arkansas, I ended up my junior year, I ended up with 12, 12 and a half sacks, uh, like 20, over 20 TFLs, and um, like so many forced fumbles. So I had an awesome year that year, and All-American and uh, Conference Player of the Year, and then um, as, as far as team success, we went we went 10 and 2 that year and we won a conference championship. So we, we had a great year, we had a great team, and it, it was an awesome experience. And then my senior year, you know, it was crazy because my senior year was we had talent, 
during my senior year, but um, it was we lost seven games by like a total of 20 points or something like that. So we lost games, dude, literally. It, it was, we lost, we went five and seven, and we lost seven games, three points, two points, uh, one points, just could not get over the hump for whatever reason uh, during my senior year. But again, I had another great year that year and had uh, nine and a half sacks, what, uh, 18 TFLs, somewhere in there. So had a great junior and senior year. So let me ask you this, right? So doing this process, right, when did it click for you that you may have a real shot at the next level? So all the success that you have, right, you're talking about All-American, Defensive Player of the Year. When did it, was it a moment that you said to yourself, I can possibly do this at the next level, and when was that? If so, when was it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, for whatever reason, uh, Jeff, I've always been a guy that believed that I could play in the NFL. I think it probably hit me even before then. Uh, I remember asking my high school coach uh, in, in like 10th grade, like, hey, can I play? Hey, do you think I can play in the NFL? <laughs> For whatever reason, man, it just was it just was always something that I really wanted to do. And I know a lot of guys say that, Jeff, but I, I really believe that I could do that. I really believe that I for for whatever reason, I believe that I could go and achieve that goal. And um and so it started with me early. I've just always been a guy that uh dream big and go after your goals. Uh stuff may be stacked against you, but just go just go shoot for it. I mean, you might as well. Last time I heard, man, we only get one shot at this thing, right? You know, we only get one go around. Mm-hmm. So you might as well uh, just just uh, go for it all, man. So it's, it's something, man, that um, after I saw that I had success my junior year, I was like, man, I, I think I really, really got a shot at it. And uh, I always believed that I did. But after that junior year, um, I felt pretty good about my, my chances of getting an opportunity to play. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of the same way in college. I felt the same way about about going play in the NFL because um, just, just growing up as a kid, I played football all my life, and like just growing up as a kid, I was always pretty good. And uh, my dad was like really pushing me to, to, to be great. And uh, I knew I knew I was gonna make the NFL because my dad was always pushing me so hard to like to, to be good. And like he he he, he was the main reason why why why, why I went to the NFL because he pushed me so hard. So uh, did did you have somebody like that to push you like that as you were growing up? You know. Um... It's, it's interesting, too. Uh, that's, that's part of my story, too, is um, I think just my folks, again, the country people in Mississippi, and I love them to death, great people, but they don't know what they don't know. So my dad was like, hey, you want to play football? Go play football. Um, I think the number one thing that my, my dad instilled in me was some toughness and um, just resiliency. And so um, it was never like my dad ever pushed me. And one time he got mad at me because I was at football practice and the yard didn't get mowed, you know, <laughs> like, hey, man, you, you got to come mow this yard. <laughs> so um, just for me, uh, I think the, the qualities that my dad did give me was uh, being tough, being a good team player and just being a good person. And I think those characteristics from my dad carried over uh, to, to sports for me. Definitely, definitely. So how, how was your pre-draft experience? Man, um, it was it was uh, it, it was kind of long, to be honest with you, Dre. Man, I visited close to like 10 teams. I mean, it was unbelievable. 
So I'm flying from Baltimore to to Chicago. Uh, and then the one that really got me, uh, I had to go from Oakland, California. Then I flew from like Oakland back to Mississippi. And then then the next day I had to go go right back out to San Francisco. And so wow. I'm like, yeah, that's serious. <laughs> and so I'm I'm asking when I was at Oakland, I'm like, listen, man, y'all can just fly me right up to the dog old San Fran, can't you? Like, no, <laughs> we gotta fly you back to Mississippi. I'm like, dude, I gotta be right back out here tomorrow. So I flew from like seriously, it was like I, I was in Oakland on Tuesday. I went back to Mississippi on Tuesday, and then I flew to uh San Fran on Thursday. So so I was just flying all over the place, man, uh, which was a great experience. So I got to meet a lot of great coaches. Um, John Harbaugh. I got mm-hmm. to meet uh, Mike Singletary, uh, the, the obviously Jacksonville, Jack Del Rio. I got to meet, meet a lot of good coaches, man. It was a really cool experience. And then um, so just seeing how people operate in different organizations and how they do stuff uh, was really cool. You know, so, so part of my role in the NFL, uh, Larry, I used to, you know, I did a lot of background checks on the, the, the draft prospects and the guys that was coming in for visits and kind of met with them. I used to talk. I used to have, you know, any guy that had questionable uh, issues off the field or character, I would sit down and just kind of get the story behind whatever that is that they might have gotten into. But what I did learn throughout that process is that a lot of guys don't understand how important a draft visit is. Uh, when you interact with everybody, because everybody plays a role in uh, contributing to that that player's profile. So the general manager can very general manager can very well ask the intern who picked you up from the airport. You know how was he, right? And then sometimes guys don't care to talk to him, don't care to engage with him. So the intern's like, yeah, he didn't talk to me. He was just completely nonchalant, blow off. So all that stuff goes into that process when you talk about. Uh, you know, draft visits and, and, and how that plays in the, uh, you know, plays a part in, you know, what a team may think of a player. Yeah, no, no question. Um, for for me, and I think this goes back to uh, my appreciation for my parents and um, just being a good person. Uh, I think at the end of the day, and football has solidified this for me too. Is just everything matters, every little thing matters. So, and it's funny, one of uh, the guys that I keep in contact with till this day uh, from 11 years ago when I was doing the uh, pre-draft visits, uh, his name is Ian Cunningham. And so he was one of the drivers that picked me up from Baltimore. And, you know, me and him had a good conversation, talked, and um, I've just met him some of, at some of my uh, coaching stops. And now he's uh, like the director of college scouting for the Philadelphia Eagles. So he moved up from being a guy on the bottom of the totem pole to now he's um, high up in the, in the Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles uh, organization. And so it's important, man. You just, you just treat people with, with respect because you just never know uh, what somebody will be in the next five years or so. So you may be asking that dude for a job, somebody that you blew off. So Absolutely. You are absolutely correct. That's a great point. Yeah. You never know who somebody would be or where they would be. So it's, I think that's a vital lesson that uh, someone can take from this, 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 this actual from your, from your comment. Um, let me ask you about draft night. Right? So what was that like? And uh, what was it like to you know, finally get that phone call? Can you talk about that? Man, it, it was great. Right. It was great. So uh, draft night. Um, <laughs> 
you know, coming out of college, you know, I was a big Call of Duty man. So um, that was kind of my way of just being chill and relaxed. So I got actually I was kind of by myself, man. Um, my family was downstairs. I was so nervous. I was like, dude, I got to let me just get up here. And I was playing a game. I was shooting some jokers on uh, Call of Duty and um, trying to play Madden on my franchise. So I was just cooling out. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. And um, obviously, I'm super nervous. And then when I finally got that call, man, it was just it was such a relief and, and such an awesome feeling for me and my family. Uh, I mean, that was a big achievement. So I mean, it was a great feeling, man, uh, to finally get that call. And um, just so thankful for that organization for taking a chance on me. So after Jack was selecting the fifth round, what, what were your thoughts coming to the, the locker room with the likes of David Gerard, Kirk Morrison, and Justin Durant? Man. Uh, first off, man, all of them guys that you name are are some really really good dudes. Uh, David David was cool. Maurice was was cool. Um, Kirk Morrison, he obviously he I mean he's a great guy. He he freaking endorsed my book for me. And and JD man, he he was a cool cat. All them guys, man, they were great leaders, great people. Uh, carried themselves the right way. Good family men. Um, so the the locker room environment was great. And it was a it was a bunch of them, man. It was just great people. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about NFL players is, you know, probably 90 percent of them are great dudes, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. It takes so much work to get there. And, and those guys are, are just very unique individuals. So, I mean, Aaron Campman, Daryl Smith, for Shane Mathis. Uh, from Bethune Cookman. Absolutely. Yes, right? sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I was gonna make so, mention of that. Yes, sir. Yeah. So it was a lot of great dudes, man, on that staff. I mean, on that team. Man, I'm glad you mentioned that though. But uh as you mentioned, Rasheen Mathis uh from my alma mater, one of the just I mean, you're talking about professional guys when you talk about being the epitome of being professional. Justin Duran, I played against him in college. Um, so just, you know, I, I'm very familiar with the Jacksonville organization um, and just some of the guys that were in that locker room. So I, as you mentioned, just professional guys who take care of their families and are, you know, great dudes. Um, but let's talk about your uh, rookie year. Right. So, again, you in the locker room with some of these great guys. What was that welcome to the NFL moment for you on the field? And, and then what you know what uh, that could have been off the field for you? Just any type of learning lesson. for you, Man. Uh... So for me, uh, the, the welcome to the NFL was that first mini camp. And when I hit that mini camp, first off, it is hot in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, Florida <laughs> Beach, and it's breezy. You know, them commercials, man, it, it, them commercials, they get you all hyped up because they like, man, it's so nice out here in Florida. Dude, it's freaking hot, okay? That's the first, that's the first thing. And then um, – and in practice, um, I, I was not used to just the intensity of practice, man. Everything was on the go. Everything is is full speed. I mean, dude, I mean, um, I was a defensive lineman, right? So I was a defensive end. And so my my lats hurt from freaking club ripping. And that was the first time ever, man. I'm like, I'm just out here club ripping. Dude, my <laughs> hamstrings, everything was sore after that first minicamp. And, you know, Jack, Coach Del Rio was a little old school. So, I mean, we was getting it now in practice. I mean, everything was full speed. And I never, I, I never experienced that in college, just having this, to strain your body uh, on every play, mm-hmm. right? And that, that, that's what the NFL welcomed me to. But my rookie year, 
Um, I played in 14 out of 16 games in, in my rookie year. So most people will say that was, was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the year, obviously, man, you get so tired just mentally and physically because you, you go so long between the preseason games and uh, 16 regular season games. And then even before that, like you're training for their, you're training for your pro day and um, just the pre-draft workouts, all that stuff. So it's, that year is just so nonstop. And so by the end of the year, you're just uh, exhausted. And um, but the rookie year was a, was a great experience, man. It was probably one of the toughest things I ever did uh, in my life. And people don't understand, man. NFL players work hard. Professional athletes work extremely, extremely hard. And the probably one of the biggest learned lessons that I got from that um, experience is uh, work ethic. Um, what's what's going to separate you? And I put this in, I put this in my book, just being able to separate yourself from everybody else. The NFL is a lot of talented guys, right? But what's going to separate you from the next guy? And I'm coming in the locker room and I'm seeing um, one guy that was there was Aaron Campman. He was a three-time Pro Bowl. And you see how Campman is always in the cold tub. He's always in the training room getting stretched out. And um, he's always in there watching extra film. And I'm like, man, why do these dudes doing, like, what, what, they, what they doing all this stuff for? And <laughs> because they got their careers extended mm-hmm. and so um just you know that was the big thing for me man is is just work ethic like you got to work and you you got to find a way to uh separate yourself from everybody else yeah take care of that body man as lebron came out just re- well, as of lately people talked about how much money he spent on his body in preparation for the season but that's 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 key at that level is more about the ability to be able to take care of your body so after rookie year, the Jags decided to release you. Can you talk about about that? Like what what, what it was like? Yeah, um, you know, and this was uh, one of the, the the tougher moments in my life too, right? Mm-hmm. Just because um, you you do so much work to get there, and and, and I'll be completely honest here. Uh, so again, I, I played in fourteen out of sixteen games my rookie year. So it was me in the first round pick. That's actually is Tyson Alualu, and he's still mm-hmm. playing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so me and him played the most out of any other rookie our, our rookie year. And um, that next year was the lockout year, right? And I actually come back to camp a little overweight. Then obviously the general manager didn't take too kindly to that. And again, that was my first time on my own having to train, work out on my own. And so I didn't prepare like I needed to prepare. I didn't work like I needed to work because really you don't know how to, mm-hmm. right? Because typically it's always a strength coach telling me, all right, go run these 16 and a half gases, go, go run these sprints or go do this, go do that. And so I was really on my own and just the timing of it all was, was kind of bad right now. And there's different levels to it, right? So you have some guys in a college program that'll do right. And that'll work hard. They'll do as asked of them, but they don't, they won't do more. And so I was a guy, that, hey, I'm going to do right. I ain't going to get in trouble, but I, I wouldn't do extra. And so, and to be honest with you, I think that is what, what kind of led uh, to my undoing. To be a professional athlete, you have to do more. You can't do what's required. You know, it, you have to go extra and above to be able to extend your career um, for, for long term. Those guys that play like eight plus, seven plus years, 
that they work and they're doing extra stuff uh, to, to extend their careers. And so that was the tough part for me. It's just um, after I got released, figuring out the next steps, you know, um, that was the, the difficult part for me is just kind of um, knowing that I had such a great opportunity because obviously the team believed in me and they saw that I could uh, help the team because if you didn't play it, if, if I didn't have the ability to help the team, I wouldn't have played in that many games that I played in my rookie year. And also what hurt me too is I wasn't eligible for practice squad anymore. So it's just kind of the stars aligned. And then in the last preseason game, my second year got a uh, concussion. So. Wow. So as you talk, uh, Dre on, on here on our podcast is probably one of the harder working guys that I had seen at the NFL level and him being a former seventh round draft pick um, at some point, you know, uh, he, he, he understood that they're always drafting somebody to replace you, right? They're always looking to bring in some competition. That's what the NFL has always been about. And, and, and just to see guys like that, you know, at, at that point in his career, working as hard as he was working, that taught me a lesson that, because I, when I, my first year uh, working, uh, we had Vince Wilford. So kind of seeing a guy of that age and of that caliber, you know, still mm -hmm. at it. And, and it's a job. Guys come in at 7 in the morning. They're not leaving until 4 or 5. Like, it's a real job. And, you know, and, and most people may think because they don't see that work that it's just, you know, oh, they come in, they practice for a couple hours, and then they only have the rest of their day and do whatever they so choose to do. That's so far right. from the truth. For those that are, have longevity and success, I'll say that. Yeah, no, no question. No question. And you, you talk to guys that had extended careers. Um, I mean, I, a good friend of mine is uh, Greg Jones, right? Yeah. He played for like 13 years or something. And I, I asked Greg just some of his routine and what he did. It was like I get up there Monday uh, before meetings. I'm watching protections. I'm watching blitz pickup and how a team blitzes, this, this, and the third. He hits the cold tub, then goes to meetings. And then after practice, he does this, this, and this. Then on Tuesdays, he do this. You know, the, he had a routine um, that he put together for himself, right, between taking care of his body, being a student of the game, making sure uh, just his, his mental and his physical uh, game was on point. And so that's, that's, that's what it takes, man, to, to be able to extend that career for sure. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, being released, that had to be tough. You had an opportunity to maybe sign with a couple other teams, had to stop in the CFL and the UFL. But ultimately, the career didn't pan out how you would have probably wanted it to. So talk about accepting that reality and how you were able to move into that next phase of life and into your career. Because I think that's key. A lot of times guys understand that there's a there's a huge adjustment change you know, with that, you know, whether it be end of career or retirement. But what was that? like accepting that reality and then moving into that next phase of life for you? Man, unbelievably tough. Uh, very tough on me and my wife at that point uh, because you're, you're, you're stuck in this gray area where hey, I, I believe I still can play, but I really ain't getting no looks from the NFL. You may get a call here and there. Uh, somebody say, hey, you know, are you in shape or whatever? So you kind of get excited. Um, it was just tough, man. And then I got to a point where um, I was like, you just got to move on and it's very difficult. So, I mean, I would say about two, three years there, I, I was really struggling, kind of trying to find my way. Like, what do you do and how do you get a job? How do you put a, put together a resume? And, um, 
just very difficult, man. And I think a lot of guys struggle with that. A lot of people, a lot of NFL guys struggle with that transition just because you're so used to football being a routine. You get used to being on the schedule. You get used to being here and doing this and being with teammates. And, um, you know, everything is always planned out for you, right? And nobody really prepares you for uh, that transition, really, you know, out of it. So in, in corporate America, uh, no, you can't have you can't have long hair. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to talk a certain way. You got to dress a certain way. You got to do this. This one needs to be on your resume. And uh, the, the ability to communicate, articulate, just nobody prepares you for all that stuff. And so I just kind of found myself in a, in a tough, tough situation. Um, but it's just, man, um, big thing is you just kind of have to just keep uh, keep your hands on the plow, Jeff, and just keep pushing and navigate. You, you just never stop and staying positive. And um, if this don't work, try something else and just keep dusting yourself off. and keep pushing forward, man. And anything that um, I want people to be able to get from my story is just the ability of not ever giving up, mm-hmm. you know, seriously. I, I think there, there's something to the, the law of persistence. Mm-hmm. You know, if you keep bugging the crap out of people long enough, you, you're going to find a way, man, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I, dude, I'll just even get into the coaching profession. Uh, I'm from, I'm bugging the crap out of people, man. I know people may get irritated with me, and I'm trying to if I'm trying to move up in the coaching profession or whatever I'm trying to do, respectfully, of course. <laughs> but uh, I'm bugging people, man. I'm gonna put that law of persistence on you. You know, seriously, man. I know y'all have had people they bug you enough, right? You're like, all right, man, just go ahead and get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can relate to that, man. I I know how it is to. Um, be chasing those opportunities uh, for the next level. Because as I um, mentioned, I'm a University of Houston. I was on staff with them in 2015, but I always wanted to get to the NFL. And I would always make it my initiative to connect with the professional guys that came into the, 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 the building, right? Introduce myself, have conversations, and you just never know what those conversations can lead to. And just staying consistent and emailing, following up. You know what I mean? Checking on it when if they have something that they achieve, you want to congratulate. So it's a whole process into trying to be uh, persistent about trying to reach that 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 whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. So I know all too well about that, uh, Larry. Absolutely, no doubt, man. So did you always know you wanted to be a coach? You know what? Uh, I, I did. Uh, it was uh, you know my brother. Um, got me to write down all of my goals in high school and um, right around my senior year, right? And one of those goals was to, to become a graduate assistant and, and become a football coach. So to be honest, um, I, I always loved football at, at a very young age. So uh, football was kind of the, the thing that, that kind of gave me a little bit of purpose, to be honest with you, right? So it just gave me something to do. So I always loved it, man. I love the schematics. I love the, the thinking that goes into it. Uh, I love the people that, that I get to meet. And so, uh, I mean, just coaching is just awesome, man. And the, the ability, and I guess I've seen how coaches impacted my life. And so that's what I want to be. I'm like, man, as soon as I get done playing football, I got to get into coaching. And I absolutely love it. I love what I do. I love uh, with the kids, yelling at kids, loving them up. You know, um, trying to just help these guys be the best version of themselves. 
So, I mean, coaching is just so unique and it's, it's nothing else like there really um, out there in, in coaching, man. It's, it's a very unique environment. So, absolutely love it. Man, we lost one of the greats, man, with uh, Bobby Bowden just here. Um, a guy who, I mean, who, who's done it in a, a, a remarkable way for such a long time. So um, the coaching, the coaching community lost a great one just, just, just here recently. Yeah, yeah, big time shout out to Coach Bowden. Um, you know, I read a little bit of his book, and great, great dude, man. And obviously, um, I mean, he had a run there. And I looked it up at Florida State. Four, 14 straight years, if I'm not mistaken, with more with less than two losses. Not more than two losses, right? In a four, 14-year span. I mean, so and social media probably wasn't as present as it is now. But, I mean, in 14 years straight, not losing more than two games. And that is uh, very rare. And uh, just a, a testament of, of how great of a coach he was in a well-run organization. Because you don't sustain success like that in football unless you are a, a, a great person and you really care about people and being able to get everybody on the same page. Otherwise, eventually, that, that thing will crumble on you. Absolutely. I, I like to say most of the people that he probably impacted will tell you more about who he, will, who he was off the field than just about him being a coach. Um, so, so I agree with you 100 percent about that, that being able to care about people. So when you're um, you've been coaching uh, just about seven years or so, a few stops along the way. But you're currently at University of Houston. Can you talk about you? And you made some references to it, you know, about what's the most fulfilling part of just your life as a coach? Yeah, it's uh, it's the relationships. Um, and I, I think life that that's what it's about. It's about the relationships. The, the people that you meet, the kids that you get to impact. Um, and, you know, it was a kid that FaceTimed me earlier this spring who had a, you know, couple, you know, you have kids that have a rough time in college sometimes. I mean, it's just the truth. Some of them struggle, right? Um, and so he, he called me and he was like, Coach, man, he had his degree hat on. He had his robe on and all that stuff. He was so excited that he, he got his degree just telling me how he didn't think that he was going to be able to get to this point. And so to, to, to experience things like that with players, to see those guys graduate and put themselves in a position to be successful for the rest of their life um, is, is awesome. That's, that's so fulfilling. And then just as a coach, to see guys develop and um, as people and on the field and just, you know, watching, it's almost like just watching your kids grow and mature. I mean, you know, you, you spend so much time with these dudes, man, they almost become your kids to be real, Absolutely. you know? And so, just seeing them grow and develop as, as people is uh, very, very rewarding. And, and to be honest with you, in coaching, it's a very selfless profession. You, you need to be selfless to be, in, be able to get in this profession because there's, there are a lot of young men that need uh, mentors, right? And so giving up your time and sacrificing uh, what's best for you or somebody else is, um, I mean, it's unbelievable. Man, great, un unbelievably rewarding. Well, let's talk about your book. Why did you decide to write it? Man, um, you know what? So I was sitting at a friend's house one day, and I was coaching his son at uh, University of South Alabama, and his son was a walk-on. And so he, um, and we were just sitting around talking. He was like, man, I had no idea what to do. Should I go D2? Should I go junior college, walk on? 
it was like, man, I didn't know what to do with my son. So he said, uh, he said, Larry, man, I tell you what, if somebody were to write a book on this, they would make a lot of doggone money. And I said, man, you know what? Um, let me, I'm, I'm just going to get into it. then. let me just start writing. And so, um, and my wife is an English teacher. So it was just a good combination. So I would write down um, content. Uh, you know, I, I kind of put together the structure of the book and how I wanted to lay out. And I just started typing and typing and typing. And then my wife would come behind me and edit because to be honest with you, I don't subject verb agreement kind of whip my tail sometimes. <laughs> so I was like, uh, commas, like, you know, I don't know where all the commas go, man. I'm being real. You know, I'm, I'm a football coach, man. So, um, so she helped me tremendously just with the, the grammar and the editing portion of it. And so, um, that's how I got started, man. And during quarantine, I was just write, and um, we we reached out to publishers and agents and all that stuff, and we got a couple hits, and it just kind of went from there. So, um, talk about um, as we wrap up here. Uh, talk about what are some of the things that you um, that are that are great that that you want to um, talk about that's in your book. And then where can people get a copy? Because I, I think I saw somewhere that, that, that they're all so loud or they went pretty fast. So tell me yeah. a little bit about what's in there and then where eventually people can get a copy. Yeah. So what's in the book is uh, a couple things. It's, it talks about the intangibles that that young student athletes need to have. And then it talks about um, the recruiting process from what you need to be. Uh, what do you what do you will need to be eligible? Uh, what are the requirements to play Division One uh, core GPA, uh, 48 age form, uh, signing up with the clearinghouse test score, sliding scale, the um, the recruiting calendar. So I try to put as much information um, in, in that particular uh, section of the book there. And then just the intangibles, like just figuring out um, as football coaches. You know, we want to know how much you love football, right? Because if you don't love football, that scholarship, um, you know, if you don't love football, you're really not going to last in college because it's tough. It's demanding. It really is. Right. And so I really, you know, what is the purpose for kids wanting to get into to college football? So that's really the first chapter that I talk about. Like, why do you love football? You know, and then I get into just talking about separating yourself. How do you separate yourself from everybody else? Because once you get into college ball, everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to be on the field. Well, how are you going to separate yourself from somebody else? You can put in extra film, film time and um, taking care of your body, um, just learning the game, getting bigger and stronger in the weight room, all those different components. So just go through uh, talking about what it takes to be successful and what do you need to do to qualify. Um, but really, probably the main thing I want got uh, young people to get out of the book is just to be inspired. Right. To learn how to be problem solved, you know, to take initiative. Don't sit there and wait on somebody to tell you. Go ask the questions, man. Go go talk to that counselor. Like, hey, what do I need to have? Go bug people. Seriously. Go bug them principals. That's what they're there for. What else they doing? Right. You know what I mean? Go bug, go bug the the, the principals, the counselors. Like, hey, what's a 48 age form? What what do I need to qualify? Let me just be inspired to, to problem solve because um, that's really uh, one of the biggest things that I learned um, from my journey is just the, to problem solve, right? To, all right, this doesn't work, then I need to do this. Let me ask this person, let me do this. You know, one, 
I, I sent out um, before I got into coaching, even though I wanted to, I sent out probably about uh, 200 resumes to people, right, all over the place. And a little of those experiences just taught me uh, just to be a problem solver, to take initiative, to get out there and just put yourself out there and learn different uh, qualities. And so it just, it just taught me to, to um, be a problem solver, man. Find a way. Don't ever take no for an answer, man. And just kind of keep pushing forward until you land where you want to land. Man, it sounds like you, you, you talking about a lot of our experience, especially, you know, um, I'll say from the uh, under, you know, sometimes in the underserved community, again, we don't have the resources or really understand that process. We just think right. our talent is going to take us uh, as far as it needs to be. But a lot of guys who we know all know who probably were more talented than us and more talented just didn't have the academic or the um, the resources to be able to really take advantage of that. So, man, that book sounds like you put some real stuff in there that you've experienced to try to help a younger guy not make those same mistakes, right? And yeah. not have to go through some of the same struggles that you experienced yourself. You know, Jeff, I, I want the, uh, like you said, that, like our community, we, we need to, um, we need to play chess, right? It ain't checkers, it's chess. You know, we, we need to, because one thing that I've learned is uh, from being in college football and football players, you're tough. Like they're tough. They, they are mentally tough. We're, they're smart. They're intelligent. They possess all of the qualities to be successful. All we need to do is just learn how to move the chess pieces a little bit better. Yes. You know, and, and just learn how to maneuver in, in life, you know, to be able to achieve your goals. So if, if you're mad, just say, for instance, if you're mad about playing time with coach, then send in there pound and, and all that and like coach treat me bad, blah, blah, blah. That, that ain't going to help, mm -hmm. you know. Versus, versus going in there, um, coach. Hey, what can I do to be better? What do I need to do to be better? And then uh, putting in the extra work of studying the playbook, just little stuff. We just need to learn how to play chess a little bit better. You know what I mean? To to adjust your strategy. So um, I want people to be able to 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 learn that, man. Mm -hmm. You know. And uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just that you're, you're tying it all together because it comes back to relationships because, you know, in those cases, guys burn relationships. They, you know, they're upset if they, if they transfer, whatever it may be. But if you understand it is really chess and that if I'm able to put my best foot forward, who knows what that can be 5, 10, 15 years from now. But just understanding that everything is it's relationship capital. So understanding that and being respectable because people are going to always remember, you know, how you made them feel or just that impression that you left on them. And you just never know. So I think that that's so spot on to make that a key component of what guys should really understand and really value when you talk about being an athlete and being in that space. Yeah, no question, man. It's, it's all about just being tactical with, with your movements. You know, and just being, uh, just getting knowledge and information. See, it's. I think that if you have the the right knowledge and the information, man, then the the sky's the limit. You know, nothing really can stop you if you have the knowledge and and the information. And um, you know, and that's and that's really part of my story too. Is just I, I've learned to gain knowledge, just gain understanding of just kind of how the world works. And yeah, 
people may treat you uh, differently because of the, you know, I mean, it's, it's bias out there, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that. Mm-hmm. So people may treat you differently. Well, how do you handle that situation? You get mad, pissed off and start yelling at this person. No, man, uh, I'm just going to adjust my strategy. Right. Maybe I have to work a little bit harder. Maybe I have to do a little bit more to to overcome whatever that bias is. So it's just just being tactical and, and being smart with your approach. And hopefully, man, this this book kind of teaches kids to be able to do that a little bit and, and their parents just educating them on the process of not only just the recruiting process, but just learning to, to be people that um, that uh, when, when they're faced with a problem, let's focus on finding the solution and, and, and moving on from there. Absolutely. So, Larry, let us know as we close out where they can find this book, you know, where the book is, <laughs> so we can make sure that they go out and I get a copy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find this book at Amazon.com, uh, Bookshop.com, uh, BarnesandNobles.com. So it's 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 going to be everywhere. And unfortunately, uh, it's sold out in a couple of places, but that should be cleared up uh, in the next couple of days here. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's a hot ticket, but we'll make sure to, to include that in the um, description. We'll have a link for them to go ahead and be able to click on and find that book. Dre, you got anything else for uh, for Coach Larry? We had a I, I, just, I just appreciate you talking to us, bro. Like, just, just hearing you talk about, like, yo, after, like, finish your career, like, I, I'm going to the same thing right now because I, I retired, so I'm trying to find out what what, what, what I'm doing next now. So uh, I just just listen to you just kind of help me kind of get, get to that point. Like, okay, I need to try to figure out what, what, what what's next for me, like, 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 how, like how you did. I'm, I'm, I'm in that state right now, too. Yeah, man. Um, I, dude, I'm, I'm big on being positive, man. And uh, just and I love encouraging people, too, Dre. I'm saying go do it, man. Yeah. Just whatever whatever that love, passion is, man, that's everybody. Just just go do it. Like I said, dude, we only get one shot at this thing, Jeff. Not, I mean, you know what I mean? Shot. You know, sucks. Let's, let's go do it, man. Enjoy life and don't take stuff too seriously. Smile. And let's go work our tails off, man. Shucks. That's real. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, Coach uh, Larry Hart. We appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Um, We appreciate you sharing all your tips and tools. Be sure to go ahead and get that book. Like, subscribe, comment, and we'll we'll be back at you again with another one. Thank you again. You guys have a great night. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Follow us on all platforms at What's the Hype Podcast. I've been grinding all my life, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.